Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome to Out of the Blue from Maize and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. The podcast that knows just as well as you do that nothing matters as will likely be engulfed by a supervolcano or an asteroid anyway, so don't get too worked up about it. I am Jared Stormer of maizeandbrew.com. With me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Andy Bailey, also of maizeandbrew.com. Andy, you suffering husk of what was once a proud man. How you been? I've been alive. I've been here, breathing a little bit. Uh, I'm glad we took a week to digest and let everything settle in the stomach. Definitely needed some time after last one. Man, I mean, this was enough time that I can do this podcast, but not enough time for the wounds to have healed. There's no way I could have talked about that game last week. I would have just mumbled for 35 minutes incoherently as I drank like a fifth of Jack Daniels. (laughs) Yeah, I told when I asked Broom if it was cool if, you know, took a week off, didn't need to you know, beat a dead horse with content covering the same thing anymore. He said, I think we all need some time here. I said, thanks, man. So shouts to Broom. Yeah, yeah, we definitely needed that. And that horse was definitely dead. We were in Ann Arbor for that one. Uh, we, we talked it up. We were we were firm believers before the game, traveled our happy asses all the way to Ann Arbor, um, you know, enjoyed the pregame festivities as always. But then uh, reality set in shortly after kickoff on that one so let's let's talk about it man let's get it over with and then never speak of it again all right let's start with michigan's offense who promptly drove down the field scored six points 
The beautiful Giles Jackson reverse. Quinn Nordine misses the extra point. And that just felt like a bad omen of things to come. It really did. We were there in the bar and like you being a little bit more of an optimist than I were, you were like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We can shake that off. I was already sensing that a little bit with that. I was like that extra point. I was like, I don't know why that just doesn't sit well with me. And it proved to be the the story of the day. Miscues by Michigan. Yep. You get that one. You get Kalik Hudson jumping off sides on a fourth and four punt. You get Donovan Peoples-Jones dropping passes. This team wasn't you know, not performing like they did early in the season with the miscues and mess-ups on execution, but it was close. This was definitely a regression type of game, and five plays swung everything. Yeah, I would say it was about five plays and things that they hadn't been doing for the previous couple of weeks. It, it came down to execution, and what's worse is it was seniors or players that you really count on that probably won't be there next year. It was Shea Patterson. It was Kalik Hudson. It was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, you know, Nico Collins had a drop. I mean, uh, there wasn't really anybody that was absolved in that one. Hassan Haskins on a fourth and two carry completely misses his read and doesn't follow Ben Bredesen. If he does, not only is it a first down, it's probably a touchdown. Um, just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was on that day, but they did not come to play against a team that is such a well-oiled football machine. You had to play a perfect game. Yeah, Ohio State, I mean, Michigan, they left the door open for Michigan to come back in this game a few times. Don Brown's defense rose up occasionally. Then the offense would have a mess up. But just to talk about how, you know, maybe serendipitous it was for Ohio State or how anti the gods are against Michigan when J.K. Dobbins fumbles the football it bounces like a damn basketball and comes right back to him and then he runs for 30 yards the ball hits Shea Patterson in his hands and instead of just dying and falling in front of him the ball just <laughs> rebounds off of him and goes like five yards into the line of scrimmage and they recover the ball in the red zone yeah yeah that was one of the things we <laughs> talked about is that you need like some breaks to go your way and like clearly this is proof God doesn't exist because if he did, surely that J.K. Dobbins fumble for no reason would have gone anywhere else other than like a freaking basketball, like you said, directly back into his – he didn't break his stride. He didn't even no. slow down. Like what sort of nonsense, what sort of world do we live in where they get breaks, where that program is like, you know what, you guys need a break. Here's one for you. It was unbelievable, man. And to Michigan's credit, they never let – the Ohio State flood just happened. But what Ohio State did, being that well-oiled machine, is they, like clockwork, scored 14 points in every single quarter, no matter what. Yeah, and some of those were, were on Michigan and uh, you know on the offense, too. I mean, a lot of people calling for Don Brown after this one. And I get it. When you look at the point totals for two years and you look at the fact that uh, they beat us worse than they beat Rutgers over a two-year period – uh, which makes me want to throw up on my keyboard and quit podcasting forever. But it's you look at that and you want to say Don Brown has got to go. Like he can't figure out Ohio State. And to some degree, there is some truth to that. Ohio State figures out what he's trying to do and they attack it. Uh, they, they realized that we were playing bracket coverage and they didn't have the wide receiver speed that they had last year. So they ran it up the middle against what they perceived a weakness in Carlo Kemp and Michael Blumford. But like you said earlier, like four to five plays swung this game and not all of them were on the defense. In fact, most of them were either special teams or offense. Exactly. And how much can, how much blame can we put on the defense when 
they get the stop and then Khalid Hudson jumps off sides. They got to go right back on the field. You think you're getting a break. Your helmet's off. You just sat down. You're about to go over some plays and breakdowns about how you can improve in the next drive. And now you have to go back on the field. Yeah. Nothing. It's all taken away from you. So that breaks up momentum. Drop passes on third downs like you think the offense is going to do their part. No, then you're thrust back out there. The defense got worn down. It was a great game plan by Ohio State, but we can't just sit here and just pile on on Don Brown because we just blankly look at the point total and the stats. No, no. And I mean, I get how you can get there, but I'm not willing to go there with a coach that has proven that he's a top three defensive coordinator in the country in every game except those. I'm not counting the Florida Bowl game last year. Nobody cared about that game. Nobody was playing in that game. We'll get to our thoughts on on him versus Alabama later. But I'm not ready to abandon ship on Don Brown and the continuity that we have in this staff just yet. I mean, we'll, there'll be a whole offseason we can talk about this, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a little bit of a defender at this point right now. Yeah, Don Brown is showing willingness to change up scheme and learn and progress. Harbaugh is as malleable and adaptive head coach as there is in college football, and we can't take that for granted. So they have opportunities to change things, and I believe they will. I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm in the defender camp. After the game, I mean, you and I were damn near holding picket signs out front saying, fire Don Brown, but we get emotional because we care about this stuff. But you, you can't just put it all on him. That's, that's unfair. Yeah, it is, and I mean, we were – I do remember us walking down State Street uh, completely plastered, yelling about who was to blame, and you at one point uh, suggesting it was Nico Collins, and then just me erupting in a furor of insults and curses that you thought it was Nico Collins' fault. But even he— Well, it was—I mean, those drops are one of those plays, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs) But, yeah, it's hard to put the blame on one person. I will say this, though, or I want to ask this. Do you think— Michigan is not putting enough emphasis on that game, you know, and it doesn't have to be the clock in the locker room counting down, but you know what Ohio State does and how they get up for this game. Do you think it's maybe a matter of Michigan not putting that kind of emphasis on it? I think there has to be something to that. I I don't like to get too much into the intangibles and all of this and the emotion of it, but Brady Hoke always had this team ready to play against some of the best Ohio State teams we've ever seen fielded. They were always ready always getting up for this one. It meant just a little bit extra. It wasn't, you know, it's just another game. It's a it's a fun rivalry to play in. It was, you know, we're coming out here to kick some ass. Like, this is it. I I hope it's the, lock, the clock counting down in the locker room. I hope you get some of that stuff. Just a reminder of the embarrassment. Like, I hope Don Brown has the scores written down somewhere, which I'm sure he does. I hope he gets to just stare at them over and over again. This is the one thing he hasn't overcome in his life as a coach. He's stopped on every team that's ever just embarrassed him at his job except Ohio State everyone should be looking at this there should be a clock counting down everywhere I agree with you I mean write the scores on the inside of the helmets I don't care what you do like it's time to start to start putting the emphasis on this game that it deserves Ohio State's doing it and they didn't even need that game to make it into the playoff they could have lost that won the Big Ten championship and still gotten in they didn't need that and look how prepared they were they they didn't make mistakes they really they just didn't I mean, and this is the best Ohio State team I've ever seen, by far. Like, it's not even close. The Troy Smith one was was really freaking good. Um, you know, there was a couple Braxton Miller and JT Barrett teams that were really freaking good. But this is the best one. I don't even think it's it's comparable. And uh, No. No, no, I, I don't see it that way. And um, it just wasn't good enough, and they, they looked like they weren't ready to play in that game. I mean, look how ready they looked for that Notre Dame game. Yep. Yep. 
You're right. Yeah, that one seemed to mean more. They just came out pounding the football, and I don't know what the disconnect is. Maybe it's a mental block, like we're not supposed to win this one. It's hard to accomplish something when you can't fathom it. We as fans have a hard time fathoming what a win over Ohio State feels like. I'm sure it'll feel like, you know, the day I lost my virginity, my marriage, the day I met my best friends and all that combined into one, but I don't remember because it's been so long. You ever try heroin? I gotta, know, I gotta know what that feels like. I'm imagining it's like heroin. Yeah, so let's combine Requiem for a Dream and a couple other movies all into one, and that's what that high will be like. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just like, uh, yeah, a meatball sub and heroin. A meatball, uh, that's fine. It's like the Mandalorian and like a nice pizza, yeah, like just is. all together. There it is. There it is. Yeah. I mean, who knows? We may never experience one at this point, the way it's going right now. And of course, Ohio State went and got out, went and got, I don't know how old he is because he's definitely had more Botox than any Kardashian over 30, but one <laughs> day, like, looks like he's going to be there for the next 45 years. <laughs> An interesting thing I've noticed with really successful head coaches is they're not the big X's and O's guy. And Harbaugh has somewhat been one, somewhat not been one, but it's this manager. And I think the greatest trick LSU pulls is that they convince people that Ed Orgeron isn't a head, a good head coach. He's just this blithering idiot that is inaudible and just kind of yells nonsense all the time. But Ed Orgeron's a manager of people. He puts people in positions of success. He brings in the Joe Brady's to fix the passing game, and you see what happens to Joe Burrow. Do you think Harbaugh needs more of that, needs to be more hands-on with the offense? We like where it's going. Do you think he needs to step in with the defense? What would you do if you were Harbaugh? And, like, the essence of what Ed Orgeron did with LSU's turnaround this season. I think it's got to be – and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's got to be at, like – the cultural level. Like, I, I mean, I think personnel wise, you made the, the move last year to go get Gaddis. Our offense, once we got cl- like started clicking later in the season was one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, our defense statistically throughout the year, you take away Wisconsin and Ohio state, which is difficult to do. Cause I mean, those are two big 10 losses that we got torched in, but you take those away. He's once again, like a top five coordinator. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to move a coach or move on from a coach, it's Don Brown. But I think that the change should probably come at a cultural level. And like we were saying, like the emphasis that you're putting on Ohio State, I know you got to like get to Ohio State. You want to win each game, but like that, that has to mean more. And I, I don't know how you get these guys motivated. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Even after Ohio State and Wisconsin, Michigan finished sixth in total defense this season. Yeah, I mean, that's really impressive. That speaks to the job that he did. And we got torched in those two games. Are you kidding me? That defense didn't seem like it stopped anyone, but it wasn't as bad as last year somehow. So that's an improvement. Maybe next year we'll hold them somewhere in the 40s. (laughs) To your point, though, about culture, I think that speaks to my Ed Orgeron comparison. You need the cultural shift. You need the pregame interview where a coach says, Death Valley, where opponents' dreams come to die. You need that kind of edge. Yeah, no, I'm fine. So maybe Jim Harbaugh just needs to have a stroke and start drinking wild turkey on game days. I don't know what it is. Like maybe that's that's how we get there. But because I assume that's what happened to Ed Ogeron. <laughs> that guy's a hell of a motivator. But it just needs to be something, some more level of emphasis put on this team. The last two seasons have been great. We're on an unbelievable run of success overall, and it's been a ton of fun. There's just this one more obstacle that could just alleviate everything. And it was taken away from us by an inch three years ago and how how different things would be. But 
that's just one more obstacle. If Michigan goes nine and three next year and beats Ohio State, everything changes. Yeah, I mean, whatever you do next year and the schedule, I mean, we'll get into it in the offseason more so, but the schedule sets up really well next year that even if you can't beat Ohio State, if you beat everyone else on your schedule, you're still in really good position to be one of the top four teams in the country. So, look, even if you can't find a way to beat Ohio State, like there's still other things that we can correct so you don't have those Wisconsins and uh, you're not starting so slow against Penn State where you need to come back like that. And you put yourself in better position for for a run at a Big Ten championship because who knows what else can happen? You know, Ohio State can still lose to somebody else. They won't be quite as dominant next year. Um, this is like Urban Meyer's best recruiting class as like juniors and seniors, like two his best two recruiting classes now. So I mean, this team was going to be loaded no matter what. Yeah, this is like the best team statistically by S&P rankings in 50 years, a top five college football team of all time currently by whatever metric you want to evaluate them against. So this isn't like Michigan just got blown out by Maryland or something. This is far from that. And this is a hard thing to topple and it'll make it worth and mean that much more given the history and what they're doing now. But to kind of put this thing to bed so we just never have to speak on it again, um, Give me the bright spots. Give me your offensive and defensive players of the game for Michigan, Ohio State. On on Michigan, of course. I don't want to talk about the other team anymore. Well, by halftime, I was pretty much blacked out and focusing <laughs> on that bartender and not even watching anymore. Uh, but from what I can remember, uh, the offensive line didn't have a bad day. Uh, ben Bredesen had a really good day, and he looks like he's maybe one of the highest uh graded or best looking prospects as far as NFL prospects on the team. So I'll go with Ben Bredesen, uh, one of the seniors that didn't disappoint on offense and on defense, man, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know on defense. Um, I mean, Hutchinson was out there making plays, but I don't know. Who'd you have on defense? On defense. Let me think. I want to go with, not Quiddy Pay. He got turned around and did a 360 at the goal line for some reason. Man. Did you see that highlight? Oh, yeah, I saw that. And I'm sure. Oh no, I can't go with Aiden Hutchinson because he and Carlo Kemp decided that their their big move was to remove J.K. Dobbins' shoe. That was the defensive adjustment. I'm taking Hutchinson off the list. <laughs> Give me Cam McGrown. In his first big game, he didn't play stellar, but he didn't play necessarily bad he had eight total tackles six solo and a tackle and a half for loss all right i'll, I'll go with you with cam mcgrown after watching the the carlo kemp aiden hutchinson play i just kind of laughed and was like well lol <laughs> i agree with you though offensively it's the line did you see chase Young's stat line for this game yeah i mean he pretty much had a goose egg no tackles none assisted no sacks Two quarterback hurries. Yeah. No, I mean, they did a great job. And a lot of that was schematic, you know, running stuff away from him and, and running uh, options towards him and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, great job by the offensive line. So I think we're in agreement there. Oh, we never have to talk about this again, right? No, no, that's the end of that. Until next year when we have to go back and rewatch it and figure out what went wrong again. But we've got a long time till then. We will start the hype train again next year. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. Believe you me. You already know that we will. I mean, like right now I'm hurting and I'm, I'm, it's going to be hard for me to predict a win in the horseshoe next year, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in like 350 days or something. 
Not like we're counting down. Yeah, exactly. But all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, We're going to talk some of the good news, some of the bright sides, some things happening uh, with Michigan basketball, some recruiting things, and uh, the announcement that Michigan will be playing Alabama in the Citrus Bowl. Definitely want to get our initial reactions on that. We'll be back right after this. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back to Out of the Blue. We finally uh, got the OSU thing off our chest. Never need to talk about that again, so we want to talk about some of the good things that are happening. Uh, Honestly, all things considered, not a horrible season for Michigan. I mean, could have been better, but could have been a lot worse. Uh, But it's it's basketball season here soon. You know, we've got the we got the bowl game coming up. Recruiting's going to be going down. I mean, there's there's some joy in the off season a little bit, especially after a loss like that. Yeah, other things do exist outside of football season. Basketball is currently going on. We we semi acknowledge that here, but you know, football is religion to us. <laughs> football is religion, but uh, you know, once that's over, I'm fully down to switch to basketball. I mean, especially with this team, and uh, we knew Juwan Howard could recruit, but now after the battle for Atlantis victory, uh, we know Juwan Howard can coach, and this is going to be a really exciting basketball team. So that is one of the positives that we have going at Michigan right now. Yeah, in our doc, you literally put Jawan Howard can coach. That was a nice revelation. (laughs) That's all I needed to say is that Jawan Howard can coach. Like, you know he's going to be a problem on the recruiting trail. Uh, This Michigan team can be really good. And, hey, he's really young, exciting, former alum. I mean, he's alumni. Got to love that hire. Really excited to watch some basketball after football season concludes. Do you have any early thoughts on this team, basketball-wise? You don't need you to go in-depth or anything. We're not, you know, breaking down the scheme right now. But just any early thoughts on the team and the difference between uh, Howard and Beeline? Uh, one of the big things I notice is offensive possessions. They really want to get as many offensive possessions as possible. So their offensive ceiling is actually higher. Um, but keeping on some of those assistants that they had, um, I mean, was was a great idea. It shows in the fact that there's still the continuity on defense. Um, Xavier Simpson and John Teske haven't taken a step back. In fact, they've they've progressed. Isaiah Livers has taken that next step forward. You like what you see out of Franz Wagner. Um, Eli Brooks looks like, I mean, he's the next Jordan Poole. So guys are, are progressing, um, and I'm a believer already. I know it's early in the season, but with their track record, I'm definitely a believer in this team. They can make a deep tournament run in his first year. Yeah, it feels really good. I wrote early in the beginning of the season that successful year would just be getting to the NCAA tournament because we don't really know what to expect. So you have to kind of, you know, temper expectations a little bit, but team looks athletic. They look like they're having a great time playing for them, which I really noticed. 
Oh yeah, that was one of my favorite things. That video after the battle for Atlantis of him dancing with them. I mean, he's just such a likable guy. They seem to take to him. Recruits seem to take to him. Um, he honestly, and I mean, you gotta wonder if John Beeline's kind of regretting this with uh, you know the discord and the, the Cavs locker room from what we hear, and uh, and Juwan Howard looking like he may have a higher ceiling than John Beeline, which is crazy. I mean, you would you thought that's crazy talk coming into this. Yeah, it's early on, but you know, shout out to '90s dance moves, Jawan Howard. Glad to see he's keeping those, you know, alive and well. <laughs> They'll never go anywhere. Fresh Prince dance with Carlton and and uh, Will Smith. I still do that every weekend. <laughs> Explains why people were avoiding us in Ann Arbor. Correct. Yeah, that and yeah. just the the obscenities being hurled at a very you know loud volume. Very <laughs> that <horrible>. too. <laughs> All right, but, um. Let's get back to football. We acknowledge, you know, basketball exists. Good things are happening. And before we talk about upcoming matchup, Josh Uche news. Yeah, Josh Uche uh, will be going to the NFL, but will be playing in the bowl game, which I think is the exact right call, personally. Uh, he's one of the best pass rushers in this class. Could go as high as second round. Uh, honestly, could sneak into the first with how weak of a pass rushing class this is after Chase Young and Epinesa from uh, Iowa. He could theoretically sneak into the first if people, if a run on defensive ends go. Uh, people are going to see a, a, a nice size, extremely quick defensive end that plays all the way through the whistle and can beat you with speed or power. And uh, good for him. I think that's the right call. What about you? I think so, too. He Next year, starters are going to be Quiddy Payne, Aiden Hutchinson again. He's going to come in and kind of do the same thing he did this season, move around, maybe start a weak side linebacker. I don't know. His stock's never been higher, and I don't think he would have done anything to improve upon it. Of course, I want Michigan to have as many good players on the roster as possible, but I think it's the right move for him at this time, and I love that he's still playing in the bowl game. Exactly, yeah, and especially you find out it's Alabama, you get a chance to go up against two tackles that are projected to go in the first round. Both their tackles could theoretically go in the first round, so this is a great opportunity for him. If he goes out and has a great game in this bowl game, yeah, I mean, you might start talking late first round kind of a pick. Uh, more likely, I think he'll be a second, third round type of guy, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Day two seems right for him, but... He has a chance to put an exclamation point on it and really fly up some draft boards with this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a big opportunity for him. Big opportunity for a lot of these guys. Uh, another guy that's going to have a big opportunity against Bama, Lavert Hill. Um, you know, yep. yep, expect him. He'll be playing in the, uh, the Shrine Senior Bowl as well as Khalid Hudson, correct? Yeah, there's so many. There's a Senior Bowl. There's North and South. There's East and West. They're all playing in one of them. <laughs> I have a hard time keeping them all straight. Yeah, so, but some guys are going to have some opportunities. I mean, LaVert Hill, especially, even if uh, Jerry Judy sits out, the rest of that that wide receiver court, Alabama, is daunting. So whole secondary is going to get a chance to show what they're made of in that one. Yeah, you have Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Jalen Waddle. Oh, God. Yeah. God help us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at that, you have an opportunity. That is in front of you to make some big plays. And you're going against Najee Harris, as we all remember, was going to go to Michigan until he didn't. Ugh, yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. We'll see how many other guys play. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into that matchup next week and actually break down that Alabama game. I'm looking forward to that. I've only uh, watched Bama against LSU. And, uh, yeah, the rest of their schedule is just awful. So the LSU game was the only one worth watching, really. Yeah, that and the, the Auburn game was fun just because it was so high scoring and felt like whoever was going to have the ball last was going to win. But, you know, without Tua, it's a different team and everything was getting out of hand. So 
I haven't watched too much of them either, especially since Tua went out. Yeah, well, I'll get out, get on it uh, in this bye week here. Uh, school's over, so I got some time to grind some Alabama film. I don't know how much of that I can tolerate, but I'll get I'll get some done. Yeah, we'll get we'll get some, and especially over the holidays, it's, it's nice to see family for a couple hours, and it's like. Oh, sorry, guys. Got to go back to work. Then you crack a beer and start watching football. (laughs) Precisely. You just get me. Um, Another piece of good news, though. We got our first commitment since uh, July in Jalen Harrell. Uh, He's a four-star defensive end from Tampa, Florida. Uh, Number 19 weak side defensive end in the 2020 class. Honestly, seems like a Josh Uche replacement to me. I mean, almost the same size. uh, Seems more of a speed rush kind of guy, but can build some muscle and, and power and we needed a defensive end and uh, this is a good one. So uh, the, the recruiting train keeps on rolling. We're re- we're at number 12 right now in the country, just kind of hovering right there around top 10. So a couple more good players and, and we could, we could sneak into the top 10. Yeah. It's a great pickup. Michigan I means to I mean, historically you need to be 12 or higher to win a national championship. Michigan's right in a good place. They have a good roster. Obviously, two stars haven't mattered too much to him if you look at Ronnie Bell. So there's always guys like that they are going to emerge. I trust this Michigan recruiting staff. There's just no reason not to at this point. They're, they bring in the right guys and they develop them. Yep, they absolutely do. A uh, couple of holes. I mean, where, where do you think they need to go with – there's only a few more open spots for recruits this year. Any uh, position of concern for you? Maybe – Maybe interior line or linebacker. I've, I want to say there's a couple. We have we have plenty of linemen on the roster. Maybe linebacker. I think after the Jordan Anthony transfer, I think you need a little more depth there. Yeah, I like tight end. We could use a stud tight end. And after watching what happened, I know we got Maisie Smith and Chris Hinton ready to to take over next year. But we could use another defensive tackle, a big body, if you will. Yeah, like a, like like a Willie Henry in there. Yeah, we could use a Willie Henry in there, so that other teams can't just go do what Ohio State did and just go right at the center of your defense. True, just need a little more, just a little bit more. This team is close, and the roster they have now are loaded with good offensive linemen, some good defensive linemen. So, although you know it feels like you're losing some pieces as Michigan is, there's a lot ready to reload this team. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, some of the players that were really playing the best on the stretch are, are younger players that are all coming back. Guys like Giles Jackson and Sainra Still and McGrone and Hutchins. Dax Hill. Dax Hill. And, yeah, so, I mean, the guys that we got coming back are not the guys that cost us the Ohio State game. No, I can't wait to get down to get into all the offseason content and start breaking down the future of the football team because it feels good to turn the page. I mean, we have Alabama coming up. We're going to get into that next week, but there's a lot to look forward to on this roster. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't want to get like into the matchup and break it down too much, but what are your thoughts on this matchup? Do you, is this a good thing for Michigan to go up against what's been one of the best programs in the country right after getting torched by what is one of the best teams of all time? <laughs> this is Alabama's first season losing two games in the regular season since 2010. <laughs> insanity that is unprecedented in the modern era of football nick saban is a coaching god he could be maybe repulsive human at times but he knows what he's doing this team frightens me but it also excites me because it gives the bowl game some purpose it's not florida again it's not tennessee it's a game that players can get up for have motivation you want to get drafted higher make a statement against bama 
you know, you want to set the tone for next season. You want to really turn the page and prove Ohio State wasn't who you are. Do something against Alabama because this might be the most watched game outside of the playoff games in, of all the bowls. Oh, yeah. This is better than the Rose Bowl matchup for sure. I mean, this is a yeah. great matchup of two blue blood programs. Um, you know, hard to tell where they're going in direction, but you have to like what Michigan has become from where they were. And Alabama is still Alabama. I mean, I know they're not in the playoff for the first time and, and honestly didn't look that impressive in both of their losses. The defense has taken a step back, but this is still Alabama. They are loaded. They're going to have more first round draft picks than any other team, including Ohio State. And it, it's exactly like you said, and my sentiments ring true with what you were saying. It's, it's a great opportunity for this team, and what a good way to just turn the page and say, hey, look, this is not what this program is going to be. We're not going to be a stepping stone for other great programs to walk over. We can compete. Um, I don't think we'll ever be one of the top four teams in the country as far as recruiting. We can't match them recruit for recruit and talent for talent. But if you can go out there and show, hey, we can compete with this team and be competitive, it'll be great for the program. Absolutely. So many storylines we'll get into next next week. But would you rather be Michigan, who lost to Penn State, going to the Citrus Bowl on New Year's Day when everybody can watch playing Alabama, or would you rather be Penn State, who beat Michigan, playing in the Cotton Bowl on December 28th against Memphis? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I don't even know where Michigan State's playing. I think they're in a back alley somewhere in Piscataway, New Jersey. <laughs> fighting away hobos with broken bottles <laughs> that wearing, we're, wearing their helmets off the bus <laughs> carrying sledgehammers <laughs> carrying tack hammers yeah. to michigan state settle down exactly exactly it could, be, it could be far worse and the program yeah i mean it's it's good for the program it's gonna be good for recruiting if you come out there and I mean, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for sure, but one that we're excited for. So I'm excited to break that down. Uh, definitely want to get into some matchups too. There's going to be some great one-on-one -on -one matchups. Hopefully by next week, we know a little bit more about who's playing and who's sitting. Um, but I imagine most Michigan players are going to want a piece of Bama. It seems that way. I'm surprised we haven't heard more by now. I thought after Uche, more news would be coming out, but it's been relatively quiet. Yeah. Yeah, it has. And, uh, yeah, that's something I'll be paying attention to. I wonder, uh, this is a random question here, but I wanted to throw this at you. Go a little uh, crystal ball or magic magic hat, excuse me, here. If you could change one thing about this season, could be anything. I mean, could be for Michigan, for anybody. What is one thing you're changing about this season? Just outcomes or plays? Or... It can't be like a full outcome, like Michigan beats Ohio State. It can be one thing, one one singular thing that happened. It's Ronnie Bell catching the pass. It, it, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I was going to go with that, but another one that could be interesting, what if Justin Fields doesn't get immediate eligibility? Oh, that's very – yeah, we, they've chugging off all season. They're not the powerhouse they are. They don't have the dynamic playmaker back there. Yeah. but That's I, an interesting domino to think about. Yeah, no, I mean, it would have changed the outlook. I mean, that's some petty nonsense to be like, oh, I wish something bad happened to another team, but – yeah, it's either that or the Ronnie Bell catch. You're absolutely right. At least Joe Burrow didn't stay at Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows if he would have developed like he did if he didn't go to LSU. I mean, they sling it down there. That's fair. But, man, seeing him now and just thinking about him potentially being at Ohio State and what he did with Dwayne Haskins, who can't throw the ball in the ocean right now. Oh, man. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, all the transfer quarterbacks and stuff, like Jalen Hurts couldn't play for Alabama, but then he gets Oklahoma there. Joe Burrow couldn't play for Ohio State, but gets LSU. It's it's bizarre. The transfer quarterback market is a, is a very strange thing, and it has a huge impact on the college football landscape. Yeah, Brandon Peters goes to Illinois and takes him to a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, it's bizarre, man. I, I don't know what to think of it anymore. Good for Brandon Peters. Do you think he'll get drafted? Probably not, but if he does, it'll be like the la- it'll be round six or seven. Yeah, he needs to go to like XFL, Canadian Football League, or something. He might end up on a practice squad somewhere. Yeah, twelve gauge Cardell Jones in the XFL. Oh yeah, yeah, he's down there leading some team, probably like I don't know the Toledo Mudhounds or something. <laughs> That's an actual team. They're the pride of Toledo. I'll I'll ask you kindly not to besmirk their good name. <laughs> I'm sorry, like the Aliquippa Raiders or something like that. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he's down there hanging out with Terrell Pryor. Or no, Terrell Pryor's in the hospital because he got stabbed. Never mind. That's a that's a totally different story. <laughs> I mean, it's not saying it as a joke. He got stabbed. It's just it's just fact. <laughs> that is a fact. That is a fact. Then yeah. Yeah, he won't be playing with Terrell Pryor next season. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure of it. And I'm also sure that I'll see you in hell with me. <laughs> I'll see you next week for the Alabama breakdown. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Any other thoughts before we call it? I'm so glad the Ohio State game is behind us. Uh, never again until we have to next year and for eternity. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us here on Out of the Blue. Make sure you follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow Andy and I on Twitter if you want at Andy underscore Bailey one at Blue 87 like, share, subscribe, leave a review for all your shows and content wherever you get your podcasts by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of Closing Time hosted by Anthony Broom. I'm Jared. That's Andy. This is Out of the Blue reminding you that wherever you go, go blue.